Welcome to the Patty G Show. I am your host, Patrick Grimion, otherwise known as Patty G. I have Brian Haldane from Talk 107.3, Guarantee Media. Morning with Brian's ha- Brian Haldane yep. from 6 to 8, Monday through Friday. Really great show. So thank you, Brian, for coming on the show. Hey, glad to be here. I, I hope I can give you my best because my show started like 14 hours ago. And it's about so. to start in less than 12. Yeah, yeah, we're on it, man. It's fine. So well, thank you for that, uh, no, for coming on. Glad to be here. I know it's a good show. Your time is valuable and precious, so we'll get right to it. What, for those watching, who would you des- or what would you describe yourself as within your many roles and the many hats you wear? Um, okay, so this is going to sound odd, but if you hear me out, if you bear me out, it's going to make sense. Okay. I'm a point guard. All right. All right. As the morning show host, it's my job to distribute information throughout the morning, do a little bit of entertaining as well. So I score every now and again, but I get more assists than I do with points at the end of the day. I make sure information is disseminated throughout, and uh, then it's just content creation, content creation, content creation after that, man. I love it. So you're your full-time gig or your 9 to 5, when right. it's really 6 till you go to sleep, yeah. is with the radio station. Yes. Okay. So... How did you get there? Let's back up many, oh, yeah. many, many years ago and start from, you know, let's start from high school. Okay. What kind of kid were you growing up in high school? Uh, I was uh, an athlete, not a very good one, but I was out there all the time for football, basketball. Well, basketball and baseball. By junior year, I realized if I wanted to get better at basketball and baseball, I needed to be stronger. If I wanted to be stronger, I needed to get on the weight program. If I wanted to get in the weight room at all, I had to join the football team. So ended up playing football, basketball, and baseball. Somewhere along the way, nope, not somewhere along the way, summer after sophomore year before junior year, I learned about our mass media, pro- I learned about an availability or a spot open in our mass media program at St. Paul's in Covington and took advantage of it. We had a little closed circuit TV channel on, on campus called Wolf TV and morning announcements, different things going on throughout the day. They do special programming on certain days where you're in home room longer, that sort of thing. And I was like, I want to do that. Did it for two years, junior year and senior year, and got in so much trouble. And then about, about what? Can we go into it? Or well, is you it... know, it's it, when you don't know where the line is to cross, and you continually cross it, and you get called into the disciplinarian's office for th- things you said on the air. Uh, and by on the air, I mean we're talking like what six hundred, five hundred, six hundred kids in the school get to see it, and then all the teachers as well. But um, just juvenile antics that I really probably haven't grown out of since then. But nonetheless, I was bit by the bug. I mean, you right. know, they say that there's a theater bug. As soon as you're on stage, right. you know, you're bit by the bug. Well, this same is true in uh, for me with, well, at the time it was TV. But summer after senior year, there was a very short-lived semi-pro football team in Hammond. And somehow I picked up the gig to do color commentary. Now, I played two whole years of football, so I knew everything, right? Well, I got in there. The, the team lasted like three games and folded, um, you know, from Strawberry Stadium. Who knew? So it, it didn't even make a whole year? No, the whole league collapsed. Wow. I like why? to think that wasn't my fault, but, you know. Uh, no, wait, zero dollars coming in. And okay. Semi-Pro still has Pro on it, and these guys needed to make something or else they're, you know, continually asking for to have their shift off at Subway to go play football. <laughs> Right, and so, the color commentary probably highlighted some of those. A few, from time to time. So from there, went to LSU. Broadcasting hit the back burner for quite some time. Um, actually got in the hotel industry while I was at school. Seemed like the perfect job. 
you're in class throughout the day and then go to a hotel and from three o'clock to eleven o'clock at night you're working the front desk plenty of time to study or so you'd think plenty of time to study so you're killing two birds with one stone well worked my way out of school um, really yeah gpa wise <laughs> made a second round of school around right around the time of katrina actually okay um and, well right before katrina was when i got back in um and i was already married at the time and my wife and i were talking about having kids and i'm like i moved from a front desk associate to a sales manager and i just wasn't happy um i was doing what i had to do you know relatively successful on the sales end even though i suck at sales but relatively successful on the sales end um Again, more of a point guard role because I was inside sales, so more about coordinating what was already booked, feeling the calls coming in, not going out and pounding the pavement. So right. more of that, you know, hey, I'm here to help and get you what you need. So yeah. you kept that connection level throughout the two transition periods so far. Yeah. It's, you know, it's I don't I can't go out initially and get everything, but as soon as you get it through that front door, I can dish it out and take it where it needs to go. Exactly. I could take it from from, to the finish line. Got it. Just the starting line's my tough point with that, with sales. So my wife and I are sitting down. You know, we're I'm, I'm 27 years old, and Christy's like, listen, we're going to be having kids soon. If you're not happy and you want to get out, it's time to, you know, you know water, get off the pot. Right. Because once we have kids, we're going to need that steady income coming in. If you're going to take a chance, do it now. So quit my job at the hotel, went back to school at LSU, and went looking for an internship could not find an internship um i tried i actually tried where i'm at now they didn't have anything available they just booked up the filled up an intern position i went over to uh what used to be called citadel radio to try and become the b there used to be 103.3 in baton rouge was b 103 i applied for the position to be the guy who wears the b costume i got passed over (laughs) wait wait, why (laughs) Uh, is it like a height requirement or I, well, a no, certain builder No, I, I was for? told there was somebody else who had um, better qualifications for the job. Okay. So, and this is like straight out of a, you remember the movie Swingers? When the guy got passed over to be goofy because somebody else had more theme park experience? Yes. That is exactly how that felt. So, I got passed over to be the B and then ended up calling um, WJBO okay. and said I'm looking for an internship. The program director at the time, Matt Kennedy said, I don't have an internship, but I have a part-time job available. The hours are terrible. The pay is terrible. You are going to do nothing creatively, and you're going to hate it. Do you want it? I'm like, yeah, I do. (laughs) So my job literally was to sit in a studio or the bullpen outside the studio, just to to sit uh, near a cubicle, not in a cubicle, from midnight to 8 a.m. and listen for a phone to ring. All the stations were automated. Nothing was live at the time. All the stations were automated. So if something went dead, that phone would ring. I called it the bad phone. It was in case of emergency. Right. So if something went dead, that phone would ring. That was my job, just to wait on that phone. Um, I turned that into a little bit of production, a little bit of board opping. Okay, wait, wait. Let's back up. Let's back up. Did the phone ever ring? Yes, a couple of times. What happened? Um, One of them, there was an active shooter at a church. Please tell me they and made you cover it. No, no, they, no, 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 no. This wasn't even that. This was there was an active shooter at a church, and um, my job was to call the people who would cover it. So, it. you know, call came in, answered the call, turned it right around. 
had somebody in the building 30 minutes later. And this was like, you know, this was, like I said, Saturday night or Friday night and a Saturday morning and Saturday night and a Sunday morning. So we're talking going into church at like 730. So I was like half an hour away from getting out of there and getting home. And, you know, the day kind of <laughs> turned from there. Yeah. Uh, so that was one of them. The stations would go off the air from time to time, um, and when that would happen, it's relatively simple to figure out what to do. You answer the phone, it tells you what station's off the air. You go into that studio, it's literally two or three buttons, and everything's back up and running again. So, did that. Well, eventually an opportunity opened up for a third shift. Only problem was it was also on the weekend. So, if I've got two eight-hour shifts over the weekend, adding a third shift over the weekend on top of my school schedule, and I had another part-time job as well... um, Adding another weekend gig there would be, you know, just put me in a sleep deprivation that you wouldn't really want. Well, and what? When, so, what were the what was the other additional hours for that? Uh, it was Sunday afternoon, okay, uh, early evening. So it was like three till about eight o'clock, and there was a Sunday evening sports show that I was supposed to uh, board up or produce. Um, and I was like, yeah, this gets me on a live board. I can totally do this. So did that, did well with that, moved up to where I was no longer working fr- Friday night and Saturday morning. I was then working Saturday morning. Okay. And then they had other sports shows. On, this was on WSKR. Um, so they had other sports shows, and I started board hopping those from like 8 a.m. till noon and did well with that. And so they started giving me other duties on the weekdays. Ended up leaving my other part-time job, which I don't even – oh, it was at another hotel. Ended up leaving my other part-time job. And just doing radio and school. Okay. I started in radio in October of 2004. Where we're at in the timeline now brings us up to about mid-August 2005. Right. Which means we're about two weeks away from August 29th, 2005. Okay. Which was when Katrina hit. Right. When Katrina hit and destroyed New Orleans, all of the New Orleans radio stations went with it. All of the clear channel radio stations and all of the intercom radio stations and... For those that don't know, radio stations are predominantly owned in a group by a multinational company. Intercom, Intercom owns WWL and B97. Okay. okay. Uh, Clear Channel owns Q93 and okay. a few other ones down in New Orleans. All those were wiped out. So they all came up to Baton Rouge and broadcasted from where we were, right off okay. Hilton Avenue. Okay. Fifth floor of Hilton Avenue. All three, Clear Channel Baton Rouge, Clear Channel New Orleans, and now Intercom New Orleans, all broadcasting from the same place. Well, with all the folks from New Orleans trying to balance keeping their job, like keeping active with work while putting their lives back together, opportunities arose all over the place to just produce, produce, produce. Anytime I could be on a, on a live board, I was. I spent so much time after Katrina just grinding away with every show that was possibly available in what we were calling the United Radio Broadcasters. So... That was really where my career launched. That was where I really made my bones was post-Katrina taking advantage of every opportunity there was out there. Okay. Um, went very quickly from being just a, a regular board op to being the producer of the Afternoon Drive show and the assistant program director at WJBO and, the, and WSKR. Then before long, uh, the program director decided he didn't want to be a program director anymore. I got that gig. Then, not too much longer after that, Guarantee came a call in and said, we're launching a news talk station, and uh, do you want to be a part of it? So, took advantage of that opportunity as well. Me and Matt Kennedy were the morning show on Talk 107.3. Not right away when it launched, because we both had to sit out non-competes, but basically when it launched. 
Mm-hmm. And from there, I've been, I was with Guarantee for a few years, uh, had to sit out for a little while. It was, nobody wanted to let me go, but it happened. Well, now they've brought me back again, and it has been just the most phenomenal experience ever since. That's incredible. So, can is that is that period you sat out talkable or non-talkable? Oh, it absolutely is talkable. So, um, what, what happened? I mean, why did you have to go away for a little bit? I, they had to let somebody go, and I got on, on paper, mine was the most convenient. Okay. Uh, business-wise, it made the most sense. Uh, obviously, you know, when you're in the moment, you take it personally. But it wasn't. It was there was nothing about it that was personal, and uh, loved loved everybody I was working with, and could feel the hurt in them. You know, it really turned quickly. Where like you could tell that nobody wants this to happen, and right. I'm not going to make it harder by being an ass. <laughs> so makes sense. Yeah, and we, we you know, it, yeah. So I went and worked in inbound marketing for two years. Uh, for okay. another really great company called Blinkchar Media, um, and stayed in contact with the folks at Guarantee, always talking about, hey, when we find a way to bring you back, we will. Well, eventually, um, in early 2017, or mid-2017, that opportunity arose, and I came back on at Guarantee as Matt Moscona's producer on AFR, which, right back to it, what's my strong point? Point guard. Yeah. What does a producer do? He distributes. Uh, the the producer is the point guard, and the host is the power forward. That's right. That's and right. me and Moscona just the the chemistry between us is phenomenal. It just clicked. It was so much fun. Did that for two years, and then well, when the opportunity arose to move on over to Talk One Hundred Seven Three and you know reclaim my seat on the morning show, it was. Uh, I mean, believe it or not, it wasn't a no brainer because uh, I enjoyed. Well, yeah, because it's it's so different than running the boards, right? Because you're you now have to create the content, you have to host the people, and you have to produce, you have to come up with a whole two hours worth of show, right? As opposed to just sitting behind the boards and managing the show. Yeah, and now ten months later, I'm like begging for a third hour. Manager's like, "Whoa, slow your roll, chief." I'm like, eh, "Come on, man, it's kill me. Who, who? I could go till nine. <laughs> so, and what what is the? I guess is there a certain classification or a certain breakdown of you only have a two hour block? Like, is there a restriction on? Can you not have a three-hour show, or they already had that other hour blocked out for something else? No, no, no. We are we're we have a uh, a show that runs from eight till eleven that comes in from Fox News Talk, the Brian Kilmeade show. Okay. A lot of people know Kilmeade from uh, Fox and Friends. He's got a phenomenal radio show. It's a wonderful ra- like I'm so impressed with it from the moment we launched it. Um, so yeah, contractually, it just I have a nice little window where I fit in there. What about going back an hour to five? <laughs> Bro, I'm a father of three. I already right. get to bed too late. So a 3 a.m. wake-up call can't be that bad. There's still I get sleep. up at 3.30 right now. Okay. So 2.30 ain't happening. <laughs> no, that's, that, that, that is completely off the table. Okay, so going into the radio show, you've had that shift now from point guard to host. I mean, yeah. you're, you're, you're now laying up. You're now shooting and yep. trying to make the baskets. What was that transition like going from producing so heavy to now, oh, I have to make this. Um, well, fortunately, I had had experience with it. Right. Now, I'd always had a co-host in the past. I don't have a co-host now. Yeah, I mean, you so, have guests on there sometimes, right. but not necessarily a co-host right. every single day helping you produce content. So in the slow times, and, and I have a fantastic producer uh, named Taylor uh, who I can ping-pong off of a little bit. So I'm never, like, lonely. Like, Remember the scene in Wayne's World when Wayne storms off the set and Garth is like, you know, by himself and everything's cool. <laughs> not like there's never that moment, but it's it is a different vibe not having the the the, the co-host role there. 
Um, so it, it's been a little bit different, but it's a fun experience because I do get to inject a lot more of my personality this yeah. time around, as opposed to playing off of the other guy's personality. Um, I have total direction on who comes on the show, um, and that allows me to take interviews where I want them to go, uh, draw out the news that I would like to see, like my where my questions go or, or what's going to come out of those answers, or you know that's where our content's going to come from for uh, for the rest of the day. So yeah, yeah, okay. So as far as you know the the question in the line of the guests, is there any restrictions within the broadcast program that you can't bring somebody on or oh god no okay no 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 well i mean i'm sure there's somebody i can't bring on but this is one of the fantastic things about working a guarantee is uh, we get about as much autonomy as you're gonna you're gonna see in a, in, a, in the radio world okay um, they 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 trust us and we try to you know respect that trust and live up to it yeah i mean that's that's it's important having especially in a radio company and any company having that autonomy the ability to be so autonomous that you feel like you're essentially your own boss within your space yeah you know and especially with hosting a radio show it's if you get limitations your then production quality and your content quality just starts to drop what what i love best about it is the fact that i feel like it pushes me to want to not only like earn that trust on a daily basis but like reward that trust on a daily basis like i take right. ownership of it of 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 not just my time on the air but the content i put out online throughout the rest of the day uh my social media presence like i take ownership of it in in, in the in the idea that i don't want to embarrass anybody you know and yeah believe me i have a juvenile streak like <laughs> this is you know I, th- I think we all have one of those yeah, to an extent it, i don't think there's a guy out there who ever fully grows up so right you know but it when you're allowed to take ownership of something like that and the, and the culture we have at Guarantee, it, it sets up for that opportunity. When you're allowed to take ownership of something like that, it just really – you're able to find – you're able to find your best you on the air. Yeah. And it's it, it's just it's so much freedom. Well, and, and that goes back to the conversation you and I were having on Cool Story Bro podcast of yeah. yours, which we'll get into a little bit later, of defining what an entrepreneur is. Yeah. defining, you know, is it this person that owns their business or can it be somebody who's fully autonomous in their work that they're able to create their workload, create their workspace, and then in the end, they say, this is what I've produced, like it or, like it or not. This is this right. is me. This is what I've given. You know, and that kind of gets – I kind of get the vibe that that's kind of the case over there. They own the company. I own my brand, I guess would right. be the, the way to put that. Or I take ownership of my brand. Like it's – yeah, it – it's. I can't imagine working anywhere else at this point, just because once you've tasted what that's like, it's, you know, I'm, it's not like I'm going to go branch out and buy my own radio station at some point, right? So, and um, they, I mean, they give you the the ability to do everything you want from if you wanted to do another podcast, which you are. Yeah, they're like, oh yeah, more go for it, and we'll I've put got it on actually the site. another one launching next week as well. So, <laughs> what is that one about? I, it's more of a daily recap of my show. Like, if you okay. can't catch my show, then by lunchtime you'll be able to catch the highlights of it. Um, okay. Yeah, not it, not like cool story, bro. Is a lot more evergreen. Where I want to talk to people and explore what you know, what uh, what makes them tick or what makes them. You heard it in the in the open. Greatness happens all around us. Right. Unless we could talk about that greatness, we can't bottle it and repeat it. So yeah, that's that's a lot more evergreen. That's not news cycle based. The next one's gonna be a lot more news cycle based. Okay, so it's just you know instead of. Because I know what you can do with a lot of the clips and the audio is you go back and you put timestamps. Yeah. Yours is more of a, hey, we talked about this at this time. We talked about this at this time. We talked about this at this time. And then here's a whole overview of the show. 
what? Okay, so take that last part, right, and disperse it through there. Like there will be an overriding theme to the best of, or that it's not a best of, but there will be an overriding theme to the recap, as it were, of you know how what I talked about with Lieutenant Governor at six thirty relates to what I talked about with the Department of Insurance at seven fifteen. Then see. that how that ties back into um, speaking to a lobbyist at seven thirty five, and you know, and then bring that all back around to how it ties into talking with Jacob Hester for sports. Right. So make, making everybody, you're making the connections for everybody. Yeah. And how, why you do what you do. Right. And Putting everybody, yeah. Go back to the point guard, running the fast break. Okay. Everybody's getting in their lane. Mm-hmm. Get everybody in their lane and distribute. That's where we go. I love it. So somehow still circle back around. Even when you are the, the host and the face of everything, you still circle back around and still do that point guard, which you love so well. Yeah. Okay. So what, within that like how do you find the time to do all of that um and you you got the morning show from six to eight then you're throughout the day tweeting and posting for talk 107.3 then you're going to press conferences like you were tonight right and you're also have another podcast and now you're throwing in another one in the mix yeah um so first and foremost my wife's a saint i mean we've got three kids in fact she texted me while we're here she's finally leaving mercy now so um We've got three kids, three very well, two very active kids, and one who isn't old enough to be active, but old enough to have to tag along the whole time and be, you know, dragging on mommy's pant leg the whole time. Uh, uh, so, first of all, there's that. Um, second, and the second part of my wife being a saint is she gets the business. Mm-hmm. She understands this isn't a nine to five gig. Yeah, and she also understands that for every hour I put in on the front end, our family was going to be better off for it on the back end. So, that's you know we. Also, every time I have the opportunity at home, I'm like, you just go to bed. You, you Like, 7 o'clock at night, no, you go to bed. I got it from here. Yeah. So it's a lot of makeup, a lot of makeup ground, you know. It's like, okay, time for you to catch up by being by yourself and not having someone climb on you like our three-year-old. Yeah, go um, decompress, go do everything. But as do. far as time management's concerned, this little bad boy solves everything, man. Except when it dies. Well, you, okay, so you were listening this morning. Okay, I'm always listening. I know you are. I know you are. But this morning in particular, when I, I plugged my phone in last night and it just wasn't taking a charge, so my alarm didn't go off this morning. And, yeah, uh, I don't know how. I don't know how I woke up at seven minutes after four, which doesn't sound like, oh, seven minutes after four, show doesn't start till six. There's a full hour and a half worth of work I do before the show starts. Okay, like so, what? Um... For those that aren't familiar with the radio world in the back end, they just see your pretty face. Yeah, they um, doing, the, doing the business. They okay. So uh, first of all, I got to catch up on whatever news happened overnight okay. from the time I went to bed to the time I woke up. That's a lot of reading involved. Secondly, taking those stories and figuring out once again how to make them all click, how to make them all connect. Like what's I? Anyone can read a story uh, off of WBRZ's website or out of the Advocate or yeah. whatever or the Daily Report. But what's the back-end meaning? What's my take? Like, how do I take what's written and turn it into what's next in Baton Rouge? How do I take what's written and talk about how it actually applies in our life? So that actually takes a little bit of time. And um, on top of that, i got to retrieve a lot of audio. I like using actualities. I like using sound bites mm-hmm. um, a lot in my show because it's a jumping-off point from a first-person news perspective. You can hear me recap what the governor said, or you can hear the governor say it. And I will always be of the belief that it's better to hear the governor say it firsthand. Right. So I invest a little bit of time in the morning into, like, the press conference I covered tonight. Mm-hmm. I will be chopping that up at about, 
probably quarter after five tomorrow morning. Okay. Spend about 20 minutes doing that. Okay. So, and I'm, you know, I've got like, like you could put notes and markers in, in your uh, audio, like in the Adobe or whatever. Or yeah, you know, yeah. Cool edit. Um, it's, you can mark where you want things to go. I have a handwritten list of governor said this at this time in, said this at this time in. So it so makes it, it super simple to chop it up. Yeah, you just, you pull the whole sound bite and right. then you clip it into how you want it and you export it and then you throw it into radio heaven and then they pull it out when you need it exactly exactly so uh you know all all in a good hour and a half worth before the show starts and once the show's off and running i'm slamming two cups of coffee in a five-hour energy yeah you so are I can slamming act five like, hours dude, if i don't get them as a sponsor soon i mean but why would they sponsor me maybe why buy the cow would you get the milk for free right that's that's it that's the same thing i with, mean uh, i gotta work on my product placement yeah, you do. It's the same thing with Elephant Realty. How they, how George goes out and he has his two things of um, Red Bull sitting next to his little yes. microphone when he does a press conference. Yep. I even made a comment. You need to get him as a sponsor, and they're like, "Well, I think we sponsor Red Bull right. at this point." Pretty much. That's that's kind of where I'm at with Five Hour Energy, and uh, it's, but it, I'm not a morning person by nature. God, I hope my boss isn't watching this. I'm not a morning person <laughs> by nature. It. We have five, uh, whole five viewers in our audience. Yeah, but like, you know, if one of them said, anyway, <laughs> I need a little jolt of caffeine before yeah. the show starts in order to have a little bit of energy. So so you're not a morning person, but you have a morning show. Right. Right. You know what? Neither was Don Imus. Don, Don Imus, probably the most, you know, outside of Howard Stern, Don Imus was the most famous. Somebody asked him one time, um, do you like waking up in the morning? He says, no. Do you get used to to being a morning person he says no but you get used to being miserable it's like well no just give yourself a little five hour energy man yeah. it clears it right up get some, get some five hour energy in your blood and then you can kind of tackle the day right and so okay so back to the phone your phone died and yeah. you woke up at 407 yes 37 minutes after you're supposed to wake up that's correct okay throws the whole morning off that it does and my wife she doesn't understand I like to be like 15 20 minutes early to work mm -hmm. just to like you, like you said, for the radio show, you got to mentally prepare yourself. You know what? I actually left that part out. The last 10 minutes before the show starts, I do nothing. It's self-prep. Mentally. I, yeah. I, I, I dial it down. I calm it down. I, I quiet my head. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, that's the, the last 10 minutes. When when 6.50 hits, uh, I'm like, I, no, I'm sorry. When 6.45 hits, except on Wednesdays because I have to record after. But when 6.45 hits, I take from 6.45 to 6.55 and do nothing. And I found it's 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 like refreshing and you hit the starting line a lot better. Right. Of course caffeine helps too, but Ca caffeine does help. So, but what happened to your little hand clock? And don't you have a hand clock time up uh, wind up? No, I alarm don't. Clock? No, no, I have a clock radio <laughs> that I have gotten out of the habit of setting because here's why. It's so my iPhone goes off, my phone alarm goes off. Right. I wake up and turn it off. The clock radio goes off. My wife wakes up, too. Uh, that at 3.30 in the morning. Prob no, no, because she, she's already, like I said, she's already toting the kids around. Right. She's got to be at 100%, too. So yeah. it, I, I get out of the habit of the, the clock radio because I don't want to disturb her. I got so, you. Yeah. See, I, I, I enjoy the mornings and the evenings. It's kind of like the 3 o'clock hour that hits me the worst. But yeah. It's like from the time I wake up, 4 or 5 in the morning to the time I go to bed. I can be full out it, but in the morning I'll wake up before my alarm clock goes off, and then just sit there in my phone and boop, it'll go off. And I'm up. That is to me the most infuriating thing. Waking up before my alarm clock goes off, 
and I'm and you do the math real quick in your head. It's mm-hmm. like I really have four mm-hmm. more minutes. I got four. I get four more minutes. So I'm I'm back in. I'm, <laughs> so, I, I do that at 15, fifteen and above. And then, if it's more than fifteen, I uh, doze back in. But if it's less than fifteen, I'm I'm up. I'm up. No, I'm like, damn it, that wasn't four <laughs> minutes. Come on, alarm clock, you're cheating me, man. But it, for me, it's getting as soon as I wake up, I'm I'm up. Like, yeah, it's it's not a slow grind, and then finally drink the coffee. I don't. I never get that sip of coffee, that sip of five hour energy, and boom, I'm awake. It's I wake up and I'm awake, and then I drink the coffee because I like the flavor. Um, and the and this is another thing about radio that I, I love that at 43 years old I still have. Mm-hmm. Uh, at 16 years in the business I still have. Um, as soon as I hear that opening song, my adrenaline starts pumping. I probably don't actually need the five hour energy. Right, because as soon as I know that on air lights going on, there's an adrenaline rush, and yeah. just like I said, I got bit by the bug in high school. The bug is still very much alive. Right. So, well, yeah. and that's especially now that the radio station is opening it up to Facebook Live. Yeah. You now you can't just sit there, you know, like with leaning against your head with the microphone beneath, and it's like, "Good morning, guys. This is Brian Haldane. We're gonna go through X, Y, and Z." You now have to be alert and perky. For yeah. the radio, for the people that view me um, in the morning. Yeah. Well, and, and Facebook Live, social media overall has changed the dynamic of radio greatly. Yeah. Um, in, in, in so much as uh, I get a, a, the same number of downloads from interviews that I did just by tweeting them out mm-hmm. as, uh, you know, as I would if, you know, we had, you know, the, the, the website is a... It's helping the website get found, which means it helps the content get found, which means right. it's going to amplify everything else. Exactly. And I was I was talking with when I had Jay on the on the podcast a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago actually. He and I got in a conversation about social media and the implementation and the benefit of that it has towards radio because on a live show, when it used to be on the airwaves only, yeah. it was gone. It was done. Right. No more. You know, you could go back and find it once the we had the dot com boom. You could go start finding the links and listen on the page and then eventually you could download it. But now it's, if your show goes live in the morning, if I want to come back at noon, I can go to talk one Oh seven, three, scroll down, find your video and watch it. Yes, you can. And it, it, it's actually changed a lot of the approach that I have to doing my show mm-hmm. in that there are, there has to be a, a level of lifespan to everything. Now, granted, a lot of stuff falls within the news cycle. Like take, for example, right now with this coronavirus stuff that's out. Right. Okay. Uh, which I just dated your podcast because if somebody listens to this three months from now, they'll be like, that was a big nothing. But <laughs> If somebody listens back to this and we're past the coronavirus, please email us, tweet us, and let us know you listened to it and it was all a joke. Exactly. So, but there's, from the time that I start my show tomorrow morning mm-hmm. to the time that I end my show to lunch, the number of people who will be presumable positives will change. And what do you mean by presumable positive? Oh, uh, people infected watching. with the disease. People infected with the virus. I understand. Oh, okay, so, okay. Back to the corona. Got it, got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So the number of people who, like, when I start the show, the number's going to be a 13. That's what the governor said a couple of hours ago, and I think all the doctor's offices are closed. So when we wake up in the morning, it's still the urgent be there. Cares. Do what? Except for the urgent cares. I don't know if they're testing there. So. Neither do I. Okay. Well, damn it. That's another thing i got to find out now. Um. <laughs> So it's gave you more work to do in the morning. Yeah, it's no sweat. It's that's it's a good angle. It's a good angle. Um, but from the time I start my show until like let's say when the show goes off the air at eight, the number's probably still gonna be the same. But then the governor's gonna have another press conference at nine. Okay. Now we're gonna learn what's new. And then by lunchtime, you're gonna have more reporting in. So there is a certain element of the show that will always be not 
even news cycle driven, but that minutia of a news cycle that changes from hour to hour. So I have to balance that with what's somebody going to go back and listen to that's still relevant. So that's that's how social media has kind of changed the game with uh, with radio. And it's it's changing the game not only with radio but with news in general. Oh God! I, mean, yeah. I, I was I was on the phone with a uh, yesterday I believe it was I don't know my weeks they just blur together. Um, I was on the phone with a client the other day, and we had a conversation about news, about sports, and about radio. And we were talking about, you know, the coronavirus, and we were talking about the upcoming election and everything. And he said, well, you know, well, when I was watching on the, on the news channel the other night, they were talking about this at 10 o'clock or 8 o'clock, whenever the news channel per, did their content, did their show. And I said, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't watch the news yeah. on TV. I don't have cable. Right. He's like, what do you mean you don't have cable? I was like, everything I get is from a streaming service mm-hmm. or from social media. He says, what do you mean? Like, how do you get your news? Are you just like, you just don't know anything about what's going on in the world? I'm like, no, I probably know more than what you know. Right. Because I have everything at the tips of my fingertips, which you do too, but you don't because but, you go and you operate in an quote unquote old school manner of get your news in the evening or in the morning with the news stations and then during your work you can listen to talk radio maybe right or you're probably not because of where you work you can't so you don't you have like an eight hour gap of news that you're missing whereas with social media i can send out a tweet i can check twitter i can check facebook and be up to date instantaneously throughout the entire day give you a perfect example of that from the radio world when we launched talk 107.3 we did traffic every 10 minutes on the fours because it was live, local, and up to date. Ten minutes on the fours. What, right. is, what does that mean? Well, so a competing station had on the nines. Basically, the long and the short of it is you're never going to go more than ten minutes without a traffic report, which is vital in drive time. Now, if you, I realize you're way younger I than it. me. Got it. So it's like 804, 814, Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no, I, okay, yeah. All right. So um, you're never going to go more than ten minutes without a traffic report. Right. Well, when the idea to start doing this at, at, at different radio stations started coming up, we're talking like, you know, late 80s, early 90s, and it seemed like such a great idea. It's like, this is the most brilliant thing ever. People will never have to wait 10 minutes to hear a, a traffic report. We're going to be up, up as up to the minute as, as humanly possible. In 2020, the idea of having to wait 10 minutes for a traffic report is astounding. Oh, yeah. It's the most useless thing. Like, there's never a time where I'm going to say, hey... I'm going to sit here and listen for 10 minutes to hear what the traffic is going to be when I could just open my phone and know it in 30 seconds. Yeah. And that's we I do that with my with my wife in the car because you know you don't text and drive. Right. Um or record and drive. Uh, with my wife in the car on road trips, if we get to a congested area of the interstate, we're she's pulling out her phone if I'm driving and looking through, you know, the the feeds and trying to figure out what is happening right. a mile up ahead. And especially with like with Waze, Waze does a great job mm-hmm. I've found of giving that real time. Oh, there's a cop. Oh, there's a car stalled. Oh, right. there's a wreck. And it's so instant now that you don't almost even need to talk about it on the radio. Right now, there is still a matter of not everybody has not everybody has it, and the number of people who are trained to do things the way they've always been done. Also, listener expectation, and that's important, too. Right. When you're a news talk station, there are certain elements that you're expected to know about and report on. I mean, yeah. even even if it's – even if I look at my phone mm-hmm. and see what the traffic is, I still want to hear what the traffic is on the radio simply because I want to know that they're on top of it. Because if they're on top of it with traffic, they're on top of it with everything else. So it's a validation of the radio station almost. Pretty if much. If you talk about you know, current stuff happening now mm-hmm. or – even just the weather or what's happening within the traffic. Yeah, exactly. It, 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 it is a chance to be reassuring. Right. So. I love that. So 
within the radio station and within the social media, do you find that the social media could almost hurt the radio station in some way, like make it too easy that people stop listening to the radio? Oh, or, God, no. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. Quite the opposite, in fact. And, and this is where you're going to see a generation of radio people that just don't do it anymore. Because, hey, I'm a radio guy. I open the microphone at this time. I shut my show down at this time. And then I'm done till tomorrow to do it again. No. Honestly, if you're listening on the radio, that's great. If you're not listening on the radio, but you're watching me on Facebook Live every morning, mm -hmm. that's even better. Because when it all comes down to it, it's about how many times can I connect with somebody in Baton Rouge. Right. I don't care where or how. I don't care if it's... If it's Facebook, YouTube, our app, the Talk 107.3 app, where you just open it up and hit play. And you sometimes have dual audio happening with this new transition phase. Well, no, no, no. I'm talking about the consumers. <laughs> yeah, then we're going to work through that, by the way. And this is a very uh, short-lived problem, hopefully. So, um, but no, it, I, don't, I don't care where you are or what time of day you're consuming. I don't want to sound egotistic and say consuming me, but consuming the content that we put out. Yeah. I, don't, I honestly don't care. I just want that connection. I just want you to enjoy the content we put out on your own terms, mm -hmm. whenever and wherever you are. So if that's via Twitter, if that's via YouTube, Twitch, however, wherever this takes Wait, us. Wait, y'all are on Twitch? No, we're not. Will y'all be? No. I, well, I don't know. Okay. I don't want to say no because I'm so intrigued by the platform. It's, it's, have you spent much time on it? Not enough. I keep okay. reading about it, not participating in it. You got it. That's the best. Don't read about it. Participate. Yeah. What, what about okay? What about TikTok? I'm on TikTok. You're on TikTok. I'm on TikTok. I need to go find you and follow you. Yeah, no, I'm terrible. That's how, how are you terrible? So I, I, well, I got on TikTok because Gary Vaynerchuk said get on TikTok, and I dutifully do everything Gary Vaynerchuk says to do. Same, except for pull for the Jets. That's about the only thing we're, we're <laughs> yeah, different. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't get behind uh, Jamal Adams. Watch. Sure, but outside of that, not much. Right. Um, but he said get on TikTok, so I downloaded the app. Also, I have a 12 year old daughter. So let me get she's, she's on TikTok. No, she's not on social media yet. Okay. I'm exploring the social medias to say what's appropriate and what's not. Right. Snapchat's out for her. Visco's a maybe. Okay, I haven't heard of Visco. You're on top of things more than I am. Um, Visco is Instagram for mean girls. So it's like a hate-filled Instagram. Nah, that, that was rude. That was wrong. That, was, that might be the wrong. Instagram on steroids. Maybe in what way? Well, I've got it here. I mean, let's can... check. Let's check it out. Well, no, I don't have really? an account on it. I just I have the app here. Okay, it's probably gonna start back from scratch. Oh, I don't allow. Oh no, I gotta do for, for the for those listening to the podcast. We are opening Visco. Yeah, and take your photography to the next level. So we're talking about photographs. Uh, we're talking about pics and videos. Through all kinds of filters that make you look better than you really are. Through all kinds of filters that make it look like your life is wonderful. Um, oh, okay, now I understand what you what you mean by Instagram for Mean Girls. So it's yeah. it's you take your pictures and now it's almost like as if they've added a photo editing booth pretty much into the app. Pretty much, and that's and it's they haven't had the algorithm shifts that Instagram has. Right. So it's still super discoverable organically. Yes. Okay. And um, so I, I'm, I'm not 100% sold on that one. I'm sure I'm not doing it justice. I'm sure I don't know the good side of it. Right. But We're going to have that one one follower that's going to comment. I hope so. And tag be... Visco in this post. Okay, I'll tag Let's, Visco. See if we... <laughs> Let's see if they, they come back and say, hey, you morons. Yeah. You 
you just butchered the whole description of what Visco is about. It's it's or they might just say it is Instagram on steroids. Blow me. Yeah, no, you, no. You, you nailed it. <laughs> so um, TikTok is one that I found interesting, and not just because of Gary Vaynerchuk. Gary Vaynerchuk got me to download it and open it. Once I opened it, what I found was it's somewhere in between Musically and Vine. Yeah. And there's potential. It's not there yet, but there is potential for it to be in a professional environment and take the professionalism out of the professional environment while still being grown up about it. Right. So, and I've just, I've fallen in love with the platform. I love the multi-use of the platform. I love taking my TikTok videos and posting them on Twitter just to see people lose their minds because I'm using like a filter that makes me look like an alien. Mm -hmm. Like, but it's, you could take, the content on TikTok has the ability to go viral very fast. Right. I have not yet experienced that. <laughs> Maybe we should make one after um, this or during this and see okay, if we, yeah, see yeah, if we can do get that. it. So I have not yet experienced going viral very fast on TikTok. I, I, somewhere around 200 views per. That's um, still good, though. I, yeah, I guess. But when I'm used to like two grand on Twitter, and Twitter's supposed to be hyper slow compared to TikTok. Okay, then... but how long have you been on Twitter? Oh, I was I was an early adapter to Twitter. Exactly. So I've probably been on Twitter a decade. So you've put in your hours on Twitter. It's true. It's you've true. put in your hours on Twitter. You haven't put in your hours on TikTok. No. Well. Yeah. And the, so what I find is the people that go viral they end up they end up deleting a lot of the earlier videos. So yeah. it looks like they just got started. Oh. Okay. At least some of them do. All right. I've I've noticed well, a handful. Not everybody. By no means everybody. But, I've but what a I don't like about TikTok is it jumped out of the blocks with this reputation of being for children. Yes, it, and it still it still is to the common person. Right. The common person is going to – you You and I have a conversation about TikTok and the implications it has for the professional world. Right. Somebody's listening going, oh, my 12-year-old's on that. Like, I'm not going to get on there. Exactly. But they, everybody said the same thing about Facebook, mm -hmm. Twitter, mm -hmm. Instagram. Yeah. Everybody said the same thing about all social media platforms. Yes. Now it's true. Uh, Facebook truly is just for parents and grandparents. I'll give it It up. absolutely is. The number one growing uh – the number one growing demographic is grandparents who want to see pictures of their grandkids. Absolutely. And now, you know, they, they are finding different platforms to do that. Why is it we can't let go of Facebook? We can't let go of Facebook because there's still so many people on there that are not just the grandparents. Yeah. You're, we're outsting the grandparents because it's that minority group that gets so much attention, but we feel like it takes over the whole population. I'm super proud of it. This is my grumpy old man in, right. in a social media world. I'm super proud of the fact because I went back to LSU um, about the same time Facebook was coming out. Okay. When I went, when I started working in radio in 2004 mm -hmm. was when I went back to uh, LSU. Well, went back in 2005. But when I went back to LSU, you still had to have a .edu email address to get a Facebook account. Wow. Okay, you were on there with the very, very early. Back in my day, you <laughs> had to have a .edu, and we liked it that way. And you had to sign up by by university. And it connected to your pause account. Is that still a thing? Pause account's still a thing, Sweet. yes. Sweet. But they don't have careers to go anymore. I don't oh. know if you were there. It's now Handshake. Oh, what? Which, coronavirus, bad time to have an app called Handshake. Oof, man. This, this coronavirus thing... First words out of the governor's mouth at his press conference is going through some of the, well, not the first words, but he's going through some of the ways to prevent coronavirus. He's like, don't gather in large groups of people in confined spaces. And everybody's like looking around going, 50 reporters in a small room. Wait, that, what's, what's, a, what's, what's the number? Right. What's like, the number, governor? This, this room is so small, I'm looking for Willy Wonka to open the door on the other end so we can get into the chocolate room. That's... <sighs> 
We're a large group of people in a confined space, Governor. Okay. Anyways, so dialing it back in. Dialing back to the Facebook, you being so proud of what? Oh, just you know the the the, the grumpy old man story right there. I'm a I'm an early adapter, baby. Absolutely. That's, you know, got that under my belt, lickety split. Don't tell me about so. I was social media before you knew what's when Tom was your only friend on MySpace. That's when I got in. <laughs> okay, and and so on on that. How did you get affected, or how did you see the ramifications of the deadly algorithm change, um, if any? So I tried to ignore the algorithm change, but from a business perspective, you absolutely can't. You can't. No. You have um, to truly understand how what it does and how to overcome it organically. So the goal every day should be to create great content. Absolutely. The goal every day should be to ignore the algorithm. Do you, and let the chips fall where they may. Which, I mean... When, how is it put now? You're as a business, you're putting ten percent of your followers' feeds. Is that about right? The the average is about ten percent. Some of the better ones do a little bit more, around fifteen, eighteen. Okay. But if you do two percent, it's good. Okay. Well, at least from what I've heard. But still, like like let's say you have, I don't know, seven thousand followers, mm-hmm. and you're putting forth a ton of effort to show up in front of seven hundred people, and of those, what's going to be your click through rate? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's. God, it's as depressing as checking your retirement on a daily basis. So you just have to keep going, and that 7,000 turns into 7,200. And now, okay, now that's 700, now 720. Still not great, but we're getting somewhere. We're seeing some sort of movement. Um, one of the places I've been tracking this is uh, with my own Twitter following, which is way smaller than I thought it was. But what, it, are you, what are you at right now? Uh, 1585. Okay. But... Three months ago, that was fifteen twenty. So it's sixty. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, that's so. As so I, I, a, I figure as long as you keep your head a down. Point three percent increase. I don't know the percentage, but I'm I'm trying to pick off about twenty a month. Okay. And it I find it actually easier on Twitter mm-hmm. than it is on Facebook. Facebook's algorithm is like Google's algorithm. Is that like does every does anybody know the full recipe? Like does anybody actually know the kernel and the 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 extra tasty, crispy, full recipe from start to finish? Yes and no. So there are ways to play with the algorithm in a sense of get the reach up organically enough mm-hmm. to where it then you then start to see that those spikes. You know, for like, I'm, I'm sure the radio show, y'all don't boost anything, do y'all? So, no, we actually don't. We, okay. we have in the past, um, just when it's something that we know Something we're promoting. Well, yeah, if you're promoting that, like, a, an event that we've right, got going on, right. that and you've sort of got thing. sponsors that want it promoted, right? And rightly so, they want to get their ad right. dollars. But as the far best. as as far as our our organic content is concerned, no, that's that's there's no reason for that. That's oh, yeah, that's because Tuesday's show is no more important than Wednesday's show, right? And yeah. unless you're going to do it across the board, which would get hella expensive, then yeah. or yeah. you're just not putting enough money into it to make a difference. And, and that's the the way. Like, I want to get to LinkedIn in a little bit, but, like, on Facebook and Instagram, it's how much, how active are you? I am so going to disappoint you when we get to LinkedIn. I know you are. I've just, I've seen your LinkedIn. I've, I've, fall, I've watched you on LinkedIn, and yeah. so I'm very disappointed. Well. Well, we'll get there. So, we're still on Facebook. We're still on Facebook. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, on Facebook, it's, it's, it's more about the shares and the engagement. Yes. If the likes, the comments, the people actively engaging in it are going to see it. And more so, if people engage within it, the people that engage with them who are engaging with it mm-hmm. will see it. 
Yes. They'll see that they engage within that. Yes, but they're seeing it not because of what you did, but because of how others have already responded to you. So now what's the magic number? Magic number in? Making it clip to where the algorithm registers that. As long as it's done organically on the specific platform and not posted from one platform to another, you stand a much better chance. And TikTok's found a good number. Oh, okay. So if I, if I post something on Facebook... It's going to do okay on Facebook. If I have that Facebook post feed into and share into Instagram, uh-huh. it's not going to do nearly as well as a post I made on Instagram for Instagram. Absolutely. And that's honestly that's the way it should be, right? Yes. No, I'm I'm all, so anytime like the only thing that I that I do and cross publish sometimes is if I'm doing a random post on Instagram that's not associated with something specific. I'll then go post it on Instagram and then I'll forward it on to Facebook. So back to TikTok for one quick second. That's why when I share my TikToks back to Twitter or Insta, what I'll do is I'll save them to my phone first yep. and make them their own individual posts. Yep. That way it's not crossover material as far as Instagram's concerned. That's that's a, you know, it, it's, an, it's, an, it's an original piece of content right. and more so you can do have you seen Gary Vee's slide deck on how to produce content in a social media world? No. It's 222 pages. Oh, good Lord. That's you probably need to why see I haven't it. seen it. You need to see it. I'll who send has, it to you. Who has time for that? I've seen it. It's like watching Benjamin Button. Yeah. You... I haven't seen Benjamin Button. Get three kids, but bro. But I've gone, I've gone through the slide deck. So they talk about TikTok and how to create the video is a sense of they take the video, they add their music to it, they add all their edits to it, then they upload it to TikTok Pick the song that's trending that they're using in the video, but turn the volume to zero. So they ensure the volume from the video is coming in crystal clear, and all the edits are coming in crystal clear, and they're merely just putting it on TikTok, using the appropriate hashtags, and using the viral song, but by no means are using the actual audio from the app. Song is viral. Yes. You didn't know that? Well, I mean, I see them all the time. It's I the just songs. Never... Son of them. All right. It's the songs. See, I'm over here trying to be creative and original. It's the songs. It's right. TikTok. You just it's a music. Me. It's a music note. I am. It's a music note that when you look at the app for too long, it hurts your eyes. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but TikTok has found a way. <laughs> you say, is my foot asleep? Can I even get off the toilet? <laughs> I'm not. That's not a jab at your age. That's a jab at the no, general. No, no, no. I'm app talking with the amount of time I'm just sitting there looking at it and looking at it. And I'm like, oh my god, have I been in here for 45 minutes now? Okay, no, yeah. I mean, from outside outside of the app, on the home screen, have you looked at the logo? No. Look at it for some time. It will mess with your eyes. All right, now, oh, I can't do this now. Look. Doing this, son of a gun. I pay attention to details. <laughs> How did I not notice that? What did I think that was? You clicked on it too fast because it hurt your eyes. You didn't it want does. to look at it for so long. You, you want to click on it. The coloration come out. The coloration comes out. It's discolored. It's disordered. It's unfocused. It's an unfocused image, which makes you want to click on it faster because your eyes don't want to look at it for too long. You want to get into the app so fast before you even notice what the actual logo oh, looks these like. Psychopaths. Also, their timing for how long the, the TikTok videos are, brilliant. Fifteen and it's one. It's just about as long as our attention span nowadays. Oh <laughs> yeah. Because as soon as you get through it, next, next, mm-hmm. next. Next, and they have it set up so you will never run out of going up. It's like it's like in a dating app. You swipe right or swipe I left. Love, so every so often, someone will post a video saying you've reached the end of TikTok, and it's, just, well, no, it's not. No, it's not. But <laughs> thank you for sharing that because it's hilarious. Yeah. So the number one blowback I get, the number one piece of pushback I get when I ask people my age why they're not on TikTok is because 
I don't want to end up on Dateline NBC. It's all 12-year-old girls scantily clad and dancing. Okay. And I'm like, you can sift through that to where it doesn't show up in your feed anymore. TikTok registers what you like and don't like and will feed you what you ask it to. Without you even telling them. Right. All you have to do is say, oh, I like heart. that post. Yes. And that's it. I, I, like, I like that post that has a hashtag Louisiana check. All right. I'm in. That, that's it. Uh, hashtag uh, LSU football. I'm in. Like hashtag Gary V. And it, yes, and it starts to feed me what I what I what I've told it. I haven't told it to give me. The, I haven't told it what not to give me. Mm-hmm. But I've told it what I respond to. Yeah, and that's it. Feeds so much on the data that you give it. It's like a reverse Pavlovian response. Right. And so, next time you're on TikTok, look through Gary's stuff and pay attention to the song. Okay. And listen to the song. I'm on. Okay. And then go listen to somebody else's song, and you can Make tell the difference. Make a damn renegade in the audio. video as soon as I get home. I'm telling you, you need to. We'll do it. We'll do it before you leave. We'll do okay. it here before right. you leave. I'm not doing that stupid dance. Yeah, you are. No, I don't know. I don't, it. We're gonna, I don't either. Oh, We're gonna do something. We're gonna try. All right. All right. So whoever's listening to the podcast, go find at the Patty G Show on TikTok and at I think it's just at Brian Haldane. At Brian Haldane or B Haldane. I don't know what what you I'm are. I'm B Haldane on on Instagram, Insta, and I don't know why. See, I've captured every tag of at, at Brian Haldane. Perfect. So go find at the Petty G Show and at Brian Haldane on TikTok and see if we did the Renegade video after this podcast or not. I've captured just about every at the Petty G Show tag that I can. Okay. The only one I missed was the email. I Ooh. missed the Patty G Show. So now it's just pattygshow at gmail.com. But I bought the URL, so I own that. Okay. Um, so, okay. So going to LinkedIn. Um, Here we go. Why not? You're going to throw me out of your house. No, I'm not going to throw it out of my, uh, out of I mean, my house. Technically, I we're never outside. But yeah. yeah, we're already outside. I'll kick you out the screen door. That's... <laughs> I, have to re- I already have to so much repair. That Anyways. has lo- so much less dramatic effect to be thrown through a screen door. This okay, so my impression of LinkedIn. Because Talk 107.3 doesn't have one. I wouldn't imagine we would. Guarantee does. Yeah. But Talk 107.3 does not. My impression of LinkedIn mm-hmm. is people who are actively looking for a job. Okay. And I'm not. I'm cont- I'm super duper happy where I'm at. Okay. Why would I have a need to have a LinkedIn if I'm not actively looking for a job? And they position themselves that way. You're 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 very fair in the claim. Okay. Very fair in the claim. Add to that, about eight, nine years ago, there mm-hmm. was a TV show on FX called The League. It yeah. It was about fantasy football. Okay. At some point during the league, Nick Kroll's character, Rodney Ruxin, mm-hmm. said, I don't have a LinkedIn. LinkedIn is Facebook for dudes with cell phone holsters. Once I made that connection, right? Once I made that connection and put it together with everybody looking for a job, I kind of wrote LinkedIn off. I still have it. I, I see, I, I see I, you're I, all you, over it. I know. I, yeah. I'm like, I, I see you tag me. I'm like, damn it, again? What it's the, the hell, algorithm. Man? Okay. The algorithm. But oh, So why do I need a LinkedIn if I'm super happy at my job? Because you're connecting with other professionals. You're connecting with somebody who could potentially be a guest on your show. Okay. You're connecting with a potential sponsor. You're connecting with a potential business partner that you don't even know about right now. Mm-hmm. It's so much more than just looking for a job. Now, don't get me wrong. Can you find a job? Absolutely. You can find a great job. If you're trying to hire, you can post jobs. It's great for that. But on the side step of that, you can connect with more professional people in your area. Okay. And you can get your content in front of people who are professionals. 
they're going there to consume a professionally written piece of content or they're going to get some type of news. Okay. It's more of the people that don't have Twitter have LinkedIn. You've got CEOs. You've and got Twitter's CMOs. my home. Exactly, which is great. Twitter is a fantastic platform. But on LinkedIn, you've got CEOs, you've got CFOs, you've got CMOs, you've got COOs, and you have all these other people, these managers, these branch managers of organizations consuming content on LinkedIn at a rate higher than Twitter. Okay. And with the algorithm, the more you use it, the better it treats you, meaning the more organic reach it gives you. Oh, God. For example... They're, they have the same algorithm as a casino slot machine? Yeah, but the odds are always in your favor, and they only ask you every other day to pay for it. Nice. <laughs> Very nice. So, like, for... for Count me a buffet at some point. It, so, for example, I started the podcast seven months ago. Mm-hmm. And on LinkedIn, I think I started becoming much more active probably two months ago. Okay. And in the past 30 days, I've added 120 followers Wow! to the page. That started at 30. I tell you what you're thinking about that I wasn't thinking about, and I'm owning up to this on Facebook Live, is that when I post to social media, Mm -hmm. my intended audience is my listener. Right. My intended audience has never been my sponsor. Right. That... Why wouldn't be? You know what? They pay your bills. Damn good question. They pay for the logos on your shirt. I know. They're the reason that you went back to Talk 107.3. This was a little Patty G revelation happening just now, and I'm a little bit converted. However, third point that I have wrong with with, uh, LinkedIn. Bring it on. Bring it on. Okay. Everyone's trying to sell me something. Yes. So? That's spam. It is, but you can weed them out. I'm not here to be spammed. You can weed them out. Like, every... Every ad of a potential follower mm-hmm. uh, that I get mm-hmm. is from a social marketing guru, an inbound guru, the director of uh, you know web development, and, hey, I checked out your website, and it looks really great, but you're not being found on Google's SEO. Whoa, whoa, whoa. First of all, you checked it out, so obviously I'm freaking being found. Secondly, slow your roll, chief. Like, let's, let's not ask to close a sale First sentence out of your mouth. So how how much time have you spent with Brian? With Roger, Rodriguez? Of Gatorworks. Um, not as much as I'd like to. I mean, he's I, I'm fully aware of what they do. but So, yeah, so he came on the show a couple of weeks ago as well. And we I got, saw that. We got into the conversation about back-end ad tracking mm-hmm. and back-end content tracking of consumers. Mm-hmm. So you follow Gary Vee. Yes. People target you based upon you following Gary V. That's why you get those ads. I can target but an ad as a uh, link. See, as that's a, a, a social strategy. It is, but they're getting to you, and they're going to do it so much that they're going to get. They're going for numbers. They don't necessarily want you. Which okay, but once again, that's spam. It is spam. So you. Block I don't them. want that. You block them and you tweak your settings. Okay. I go into my settings and my social media accounts and tweak my person, my personalized ads I view, mm-hmm. and I turn it all off and adjust it so I don't see anything pertaining to what I look at. I see something that goes back to my Google searches. If I search it on Google, I'll. I don't care. If I want to see an ad for a Craftsman tool set, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Because I'm looking it up, and that might be like, oh, I actually need that. Goes back to more a more organic. Oh, I was actually googling that as opposed to wow, I had that thought in my dream last night. Why are you showing me this? Right. <laughs> why is that? Okay, that's it's a little bit creepy, but I've never understood why people call that creepy. 
like if I walk into a bar mm-hmm. and I sit down and say Irish whiskey neat. Yeah. Preferably Jameson. Right. And the bartender brings me a Jameson neat. Mm-hmm. And the next week, same time, I sit down in that bar. The bartender says, Jameson neat. I'm so cool with that. I love that customer service. But if I open up Google mm-hmm. and I look for AirPods, mm-hmm. actively looking for AirPods, which if I get a damn message for AirPods now because I said it on Facebook, no, I'm because, uh, <laughs> but if I open up Google and I search for AirPods, right. best deal on AirPods, yeah, okay, Amazon. and then I get retargeted with that, right. why do I find that creepy? Why do people find that creepy? It's customer service. So people find it creepy because they don't know how it works. Yeah. You know how the bartender works. You know because you've been there multiple times, he knows your drink. You're cool with that. But you don't know how they know what you want to know. And that's what freaks people out. That's, that's unsettling. That's Because I, I personally love that. But back around to uh, Brian and, and mm-hmm. Gatorworks, content marketing yeah. is my jam. Because not I'm not trying to sell you something. I'm trying to tell you where I have value. Mm-hmm. SEO is my jam as well, but oh, that's yeah. a different story. But content marketing is, to me, the end-all, be-all. It's the answer for the future. It is the silver bullet that if marketers freaking ruin content marketing, and marketers ruin everything. If Absolutely. marketers freaking ruin content marketing, I'm going to be so pissed. Because when you bludgeon someone over the head with, hey, let me sell you something, hey, let me sell you something, versus, you know what, I'm going to post up a blog on how to, how to fix a screen door. Mm-hmm. Well, now all of a sudden I'm the expert on fixing a screen door, yeah. and you're going to come to me. I friggin' love that. It's not pushy. It's not invasive. And, and that is, you're 100%, that's the way that marketing's going and is already at right now. If you look on TikTok. So tell these a-holes on LinkedIn to back the bleep off. It hasn't reached there yet because of the content that's distributed on LinkedIn. LinkedIn's very heavy word, written word. Yeah. And it's not so much of going – you can go live on LinkedIn, and I'm still trying to get that set up, and I'll get that when I get a Mevo. Um, but you can go live on that platform. You need a Mevo. I know I need to move. You Mevo. need a Mevo. I, I know. I, I have know. a Mevo for the station. That press conference I did earlier tonight was on the Mevo. You should have brought it in. We could have used the Mevo. Oh, damn. We could have used I've the got, Mevo. I've got, I've got the mini version set. Okay. Like the very basic starter set. But anyways, so the content is different on LinkedIn. That's why. It's okay. not so much of a picture at, or a – or like a video or something. Like for example, a good, the good, uh, a way that I like it that y'all do now with Talk One Hundred Seven Three and Facebook Live is y'all got that TV in the background. Yeah. Running your ads. Right. That's a very subtle way to promote the sponsors. Well, essentially, it's product placement. Yes. Without the product. And if you go look on TikTok, it's now there. Yeah. Because some of the smart marketers have found a way to do it. They'll have people wearing their shirts with their brand. They'll have people wearing the hats. They'll have people wearing certain gear that you can see the logos. And now you're getting back into the influencer economy. Yeah. Which I'm also kind of a fan of, believe it or not. Influencer economy works well. It works well for people to build and establish credibility mm-hmm. because people say, oh, that person did that. That person represents that. So why can't I? Yeah. And it makes you want it even more right? with influencer but marketing. But it's done in like kind of a – it's a subtle background way where it's like it's not, it's not hey, go out and buy my shoes. It's, it's I'm like, wearing these shoes and I'm happy with them, whatever. That's it. And you have some influencer marketers that do a very well, very good job with it. Mm-hmm. They are able to do it subtly, cleanly, and not over too much. You have other influencer marketers that are too heavy. Yeah. I'm sorry. They because have like influencer no marketing matter school. What, no matter what, we'll all have a BS meter. Yeah. And once that meter goes off, I'm done with you. Yeah. 
So, not you. I uh, know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I get that a lot. We probably uh, need to start on the on the wrap up end okay. of this because if not, we could go for I know. hours. I know. And you've got you have to relieve your wife soon. And, so. and, yes, I do. Um, so to, to wrap up the show. You're in Baton Rouge. Your you're Talk 107.3 is a great radio station in Baton Rouge. Guarantee Media is all over the place in Baton Rouge. What is so special in your words about the area? About Baton Rouge? Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, so, wow, I should have, like, written this out ahead of time. This would have you, – you, you, you caught me by trying to put this into words. Um, we have um, an influx of – the seat of government and the flagship for LSU mm-hmm. with those two things brings in a lot of motivated and creative people. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of people who are looking to learn, a lot of people who are looking to grow. We have a lot of people who are looking to change and influence our state in the state capital, for better or for worse. If you hate state government, fine, that's that's fine. But know that in their heart, they, they want to do the right thing. That involves some horse trading from time to time, but what well, doesn't? It, yeah, right. It, it's there. From that. We've, and this is where I'm going to get a little bit, um, I don't know, if you call it romantic or whatever. Poetic. I love the river. I was raised on Mark Twain. I love, the river gives us life. The river gives us our economy. The river gives us everything. And I could just as easily love the river down in New Orleans as I could right here. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you take the Mississippi River, the state capital, or, and all the trappings of it, LSU and all the trappings of it, and more to that, more than that, all the people who moved here for any of those three things or, you know, a handful of other things around it and just decided, you know what, this place is going to be home. And that's exactly what I did when I went to LSU. I went to LSU, fell in love with Christy. We both landed a job. We stayed. And over time, it's been like every time a problem arises, and oh, my God, we have so many problems. But every time a problem arises, it's a matter of you want to bail on this place? No. No, love the people around here too much. Love our life around here too much. And, I mean, now that we got three kids all in You're Catholic invested. school. Yeah. It's, You're we, a seed in the community. But we've seen the uh, – we're reaping the rewards of what we've sown with that. And Baton Rouge does a good job of paying you back when you give in. Mm-hmm. So is that, is that too romantic? Is that no. too sappy? That's, that's perfect. All I right. love it. That's, I'm, I'm going to have to put a time code on there. I don't know what we're at. Uh, hour and something. Okay. Um, so along those lines of being so romantic and just basically pouring your heart out for the city of Baton Rouge, what would you change, if anything? I would try to minimize the mindset of if you ain't from here, you ain't from here. Because as much as so, as as many people move here for like, – I'm from Covington. Well, originally Mattery, but grew up in Covington – Moved here for LSU at State. Mm-hmm. But for every one of me, there's another one who, yeah, I grew up in old Goodwood and I live three blocks or three houses down from where my parents lived. Like, to get rid of the mindset that there's a, a, a clickishness about that. Yeah. And I don't know if you'll find a city that doesn't have that. I mean, you'd have to have a much more transient city. Now, now there's, there's a, it's a dual-edged sword because along with that comes the character that built the city to begin with. Right. So I, if I were to change something, it would be either that or um, Baton Rouge is way too divided um, mm-hmm. in terms of – we're very racially divided, but in terms of what to do about that. Mm-hmm. Like I think everybody wants less of that division, 
but how to get there tends to be a problem. Right. And if we could eliminate that, I think the city would be a hell of a lot better. Agreed. So. Okay. And to, you know, and I, I, that, I mean, that, that makes perfect sense, the way you put that, of people, when the, when the part about from being from here and, you know, like, holding on to that, like, oh, you're not from here, you don't understand, that type of mentality. Like, yeah, I grew up on Lobdale before Town Center was there. Right. But at the same time, I'm not going to knock you for being from Covington. Right. It's well, more of... And, you know, I, and I can pour them off all I want in that regard, but, yeah. I mean, like, a lot of my best friends in Baton Rouge are from New Orleans. Yeah. Hell, my boss is from New Orleans. Exactly. So, like, th- we don't, we're not limited in success... No, it just it's it, it's from a different vibe of like, am I really on the inside now? Yeah, like I've I've been here since 1995, since the fall of 95, so I'm invested 25 years, and it's only been very recently that I feel like I'm a part of it. Yeah, and it's you to be a true part of it, you have to be so involved in the community. You can't just live here and say you're a part of it. No, no, you're absolutely right. You have to be involved. You have to participate. You have to show up. Right. Because whenever you do show up, people see you show up. And then people who are already there say, he's a part of us. The new radicals once said, you only get what you give. Yeah. That's it. So. Okay. So along your journey of being point guard uh, and being producer at the same time, which kind of meshed together and being a host, what is something that I can do, little old me, um, achieve what you're trying to accomplish? What I'm trying to accomplish? Yeah. What can you do? Yeah. How can I help? I share my Facebook post. I do. Help me out with LinkedIn after we're done with this. <laughs> done. <laughs> and, done. Uh, and we'll make the TikTok video afterwards. Uh, maybe maybe give me an out on that TikTok video <laughs> so we don't have to. Uh, what what can you do to help me out? Just keep spreading the word, man. It's Look, this conversation we had that diverted into social media very fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, clearly we're thinking on the same wavelength. So um, I, what can you do to help? You can Let's keep our relationship growing. And let's get together from time to time and see what's on the top of each other's minds and where we can go with individual ideas from there because from that is going to spring more relationships. And that, by the way, that brings it right back around to what's right above Baton Rouge. But let's, let's keep me top of mind, man. We'll, uh, we'll hook up from here on in. Absolutely. I uh, fully intend on doing that. So uh, thank you so very much for coming on the show. My I pleasure. Thank appreciate you for having me. I appreciate you thinking of having me on here. Absolutely. And so for everybody listening and watching, thank you for your time that you spent listening or watching this for however long you did. I'm not really sure. But thank you for tuning in, for subscribing. And if you want to get more of the show, please subscribe. Please share the show. Also, check out 107.3. They are doing phenomenal things here in the Baton Rouge area. And Brian Haldane's in the morning is from 6 to 8 a.m. Monday through Friday. You need to be there. And also, you need to be in the comments. The comments is where it goes down. Dude, we, we don't stop a, during commercial. We have a lot of fun. There's no commercial. I right. mean, for the Facebook Live, there's no right. commercial. It's from 6 to 8, you're live. Yes. And it's it's a blast. So everybody listening Thank and watching, you. go tune in. Share the post. Share this post. Share. It, it really helps get the word out there, and it really helps highlight what we're doing in Baton Rouge and what we're trying to accomplish. And it just it makes it more attractive. And whenever it becomes more attractive, we all grow together as a community. So I want to thank you for doing your part in that. And I'm Patty G here with Brian Haldane on the Patty G Show. We're signing out. You have a great one.